You're listening to What the Folklore, making sense of senseless tales. Hello everyone and welcome back to What the Folklore, making sense of senseless tales. I'm your reader with the once again smooth tones of a good microphone, Carmen. I'm Tyler, your crime weaver. Wait, Tyler. Wait, what? You sound different this week. You sound very different. Uh, you sound better, I would dare to say. Yeah, this seems like an improvement. Well, I, I am Tyler 2.0. Tyler 1.0 couldn't make it. What what happened? He had some business to attend to, so they let me out of the lab, or, you know, maybe let out isn't the correct term. I, I escaped the lab and, locked, lab and locked him in a closet. Things got out of hand. It happens. Well, we're happy to have you here, Tyler 2.0. Do you have, like, a code name so that the uh, the people searching for you to shove you back in the lab don't catch on? Shit, I did not think of that. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm Meg. Just just call me Meg. Codename Meg. Codename Meg. Meg got exceptional greatness. Meg slash Tyler 2.0. My name is Gordy. I don't have a title this week because nobody sent one in. Well, Gordy, we we've been kind of disengaged. Yeah, I know I haven't reminded you, but you should do it. Like I can't, I can't, I can't parent you all the time. It's time, it's time for our listenership to spread their wings and fly on their own and start to make adult decisions, like sending me goofy stuff to stay or say. What did I say? You said stay. I said stay. <laughs> yeah, maybe. You but I meant, do I meant to, I meant to say say. It's a hard word. So do that. Do yeah. that for next time, because I don't have one. I don't know what to do with myself. Yeah, we're we're all floating adrift in a sea of confusion this week. Um, so yeah, we're we're in a post podcon entering the holiday kind of weird state. Um, so we we have Meg with us today. Meg, would you like to introduce yourself as a, a real human, or do you want to continue being? Wait, you mean I'm a real human? Well, yeah, the blue fairy came and everything. Damn it! I knew there was something fishy about that. Um. I'm Meg. I I guess I'm your misdemeanor weaver because you know the <laughs> crime yeah. weavers out of town, um, and that's that's a thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. What uh, you want to plug stuff? Yeah, uh, you you do things with is, your life. You, this is your thing. This, Go for it. Uh, uh, abuse it. Yeah, abuse your power, just like Tyler does. <laughs> um, I I Meg has issues. I draw a lot of terrible comics. Uh, right now, I mostly draw Monday Night Draw, where I give you true facts about professional wrestling every week. We've seen, I think we've posted some of your art or creations uh, on Meg, our social media. Meg is responsible for our Church of the Knife uh, glowing church thing, which is on yeah. the bookshelf next to Hans My Hedgehog from Jenna. And it is now a much more glorious bookshelf than it was previously. Uh, so thank you for that. And if we wanted to find your stuff on Etsy, because it is fun and quirky and delightful and full of curse words, where would that be? Oh, uh, I always forget my Etsy. It is Hellmouse Studios. Uh, or if you look up a lot of things with inappropriate words, you probably have found me before. Google search, curse words. Search the F word. All right. So uh, we're back in action. And uh, we're going to Norway today by the suggestion of Lucy. Who's Lucy? Well, Lucy is one of our listeners. That sounds new. Is she in the sky with diamonds? I think probably. I bet she loves that too. Yeah, never got that <laughs> joke in her life. Um, Lucy 
sent us a suggestion, the Smith they dared not let into hell, and also sent me a link Goodness. to the source for that, which was really helpful. Thank you, Lucy. Those of you who want your stuff read quickly, send me links directly to it. And sometimes when I'm feeling lazy and don't feel like sifting through 80 Italian translations of something, I will just go to the thing I've got a link for, which happened this week. Um, so we are reading The Smith They Dare Not Let Into Hell, uh, which was translated by Simon R. Hughes, collected by our old friend Jorgen Moe. Jorgen Moe. Uh, and this one is sourced from norwegiantales.blogspot.co.uk. Uh, this episode is uh, sponsored by Robert Fritsch. Uh, Robert, sent us, send us some information so we can send you a, a good Arn Thompson type, because my placeholder for you right now is 201, The Lean Dog Prefers Liberty to Abundant Food food and a chain, but I think we can do better. So if you want to just pop us an email at wtfolklore at gmail.com and give us like a brief set of interesting facts about yourself that might lead us to a more apt Arn Thompson type, we will do that. And apologies for the delay on this. All right, so let us get into the Lucy suggestion of the Smith they dared not let into hell. It's very ominous. Yeah, I don't have like a good wintry type tale for this holiday season, but Norway's cold, so close enough. Sure. That works. <laughs> okay, yeah, go for it. Once in the days that the Lord and St. Peter wandered around the earth, they wandered their way to a smith's. Now this particular smith had previously made a contract with the devil that in seven years his soul gets to go to the devil but in that time, he's going to be a pretty badass smith. That's a raw-ass deal. I, I'm very curious about one thing so far, which is going to seem really strange. Shoot. So if St. Peter can still wander the earth, mm-hmm. does that mean that there ain't enough people to die for him to need to be back at work? <laughs> no, there's like or, an intern. Or there's a very so, long line of people waiting. Yeah. Well, he's just palling around like yeah, his like intern's the- just like, Hey, uh, you only fucked up three times. You get a pass, yeah, right? Yeah, whatever. Uh, yeah, it's either an intern or they're they're just rolling on DMV rules. Nobody. Yeah. Very very slow. Line they out hung, the door. Come back tomorrow. They yeah, hung a where sign. Where else are you gonna go? Hell. They hung a sign on the gates of heaven that say "Be back at this time." Thanks for waiting. Yeah, it's got the little clock thing on it, but both the hands have been taken off, so it's all just a mystery. Okay. Um. Yeah, so they're they're Greek godding it around the place. I, I'm satisfied for now, even though this brings up even more questions. Um, so the Lord comes into the Smith shop after reading a sign above his door that reads, "Here lives the master of all masters," because he's supposed to be like the sweetest Smith of all time. <laughs> the like, sweetest Smith. Who gave his? <laughs> he's like, not Swedish. He's Norwegian. He can't be the sweetest. Who made a devil deal? He made a devil if deal. You're, okay, if you're going to do that, and I think it's bad under any circumstance, if you're going to do it, get it like at least for your whole life. Seven right. seven years seems really bad. That's a shit contract, but he's yeah. a smith and not a lawyer, so. Well, yeah. Okay, yeah. so it, they might have the same rules. You can't have like indefinite clauses in legal contracts for the most part. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure the devil's getting an indefinite clause on that contract. That's the problem. It's seven years and then forever. 
I'm trying really hard not to make claw jokes right now. <laughs> you can make whatever kind of joke you want. Yeah, you're the Tyler now. You're the Tyler. You cannot stoop lower. Uh, this is a heavy burden. <laughs> <laughs> you're the misdemeanor <laughs> weaver. Rise, rise That's above. the worst part where it's not like that I can't make bad puns. It's now I feel obligated to make puns of such a high standard that real Tyler feels intimidated by Tyler 2.0. Right. You want to make that seat hot for him. I could just put a heating pad on it. That's true. All right. So the Lord comes in after reading this this sign above his door and is like, who are you? And the Smith says, go read the sign. And if you can't read, <laughs> wait until someone who can read comes along to help you. Boy, that's bold. <laughs> I would not advise... Oh. This this man needs some kind of advisor. That's eighth grade girl level caddy. Yeah. I mean, on one hand, he, he probably does not recognize the Lord in his like human disguise. Yeah. But, which, okay. Yeah. But still. And we're not in the Greek times where you know the gods are wandering around. Or, or even, well, you know what? This is very reminiscent of Norwegian folklore where like Odin would wander about in disguise yeah sometimes yeah yeah like you don't know yeah they didn't always know sometimes Um, not always yeah he never read his mom never read him those stories growing up i i still just think anybody who makes a deal with the devil ain't too concerned with who anyone else is it's like who are you i made a deal with the devil maybe you're not like more than that maybe you're not brushed up on your scriptures (laughs) i'm bros with mistopheles who the fuck are you or in (laughs) or in a position to recognize the lord and saint peter walking around the earth so before the lord can like pop a sass response to this some random dude with a horse comes in to get the horse shoed and the lord's interrupts and says how about you let me shoe it instead and the smith says yeah you can't fuck that up so bad that i won't be able to fix whatever you do so whatever go for it did it did it use that word no it did not did that did that story use a cuss word no i did the cuss you did you made the cuss happen i i I put the cussing in i i can see i'm the reason we're not kid friendly (sighs) i can see where this is going but at the same time i'm just like if you believe in that, the Lord has all these miraculous powers. I don't believe shoeing horses is one of his miracles. Maybe not, I mean, but he does do it. And he does this by... Would, t- is it a miracle? Just a just, mundane task. Just a okay. thing. I mean, Randomly a, being a farrier. Jesus was a carpenter. I think... I think <laughs> The Lord I think, made horses. He can make shoes. I think kind of like general general labor is within... So I made this horse, I can just instantly attach the metal that you guys created to put on its hooves. I I made this horse, now I'm just going to extend it a bit. I'm going to ironclad it, because you guys were not satisfied with the fucking horses I gave you. So, whatever. So he takes a leg (laughs) off of the horse. Satisfied with the horse in its perfect (laughs) natural form. Uh, So he takes a leg off of the horse, and he puts the leg in the smith's furnace. He takes the whole leg. Yeah, he just removes the friggin' leg. Like, is it this like those shitty toys you had as a kid where the arms and legs were Velcro and you could switch them? Yeah, or like that cooties game. Don't know that one. So 
It's like just a little toddler game where you put bugs together. Popped like 20 pounds of horse off the side and threw it into an oven without thinking anything. Yeah, it's, it's just there like, a gaping, bleeding hole? Maybe it's just like a peg. <laughs> I think that's how... Oh, I want peg-like horses to be a thing. Well, when you make wax out of their legs, you have to replace it with something. Right, because you don't want to use the whole horse at once. That's a short-lived business it's just, solution. It's just the legs and the hooves. Uh, so he makes the shoe glow, and then they, they just talk about how he he does the whole thing. Um, he puts the leg back on the horse and does the same with all the legs and finishes with a whole chewed horse that has no hip or shoulder problems whatsoever. Perfect horse. So the smith watches him do all of this. And doesn't say a goddamn thing. Like, what the fuck? You just took that horse's leg off? Well, he's chill as all balls. And he says, <laughs> you're not such a bad smith. I would beg to differ, because wouldn't it take, like, three times as long to take limbs off a horse rather than just get it to raise its foot for a little bit? Not if you can just pop them off like a Barbie Short I'd probably arm. do it like that. Just like pop a, pop a leg? Yeah, if I could. That way I'd it probably can't just kick do that. you. If yeah, that's super safe. I'm sorry. I'm very confused about how this makes him a good smith by dismembering a horse. Well, he's and now, putting it back together. Yeah, he's now up to like OSHA safety standards. Because that horse is not causing any workman's comp injuries when it is delegged. Um, so the Lord just says, is that what you think? In response to the Smiths kind of shrugging off this whole leg popping thing. And I, I guess they just stand there awkwardly in silence for a little while because time passes of an unspecified amount and an old wife comes to the smithy and, and says, hey, come to dinner. A thousand years they stand there. She was old and fragile, had a crooked back, and continues to enumerate all of her other negative qualities. And uh, the Lord says, yo, watch this. And then he throws her in the furnace, and she he smiths a beautiful young maiden from this old haggard crow. Whoa. I, I was just Eternal going to, life. like, fairy tale trope right there. You can't have a beautiful lady instantly come invite you to dinner. It's got to be the old hag. And then right. they kind of subverted that by, oh, let's throw her into a fire. Yeah, and then we're going to, like, hammer up some of the parts. Because he smiths her into a beautiful he, woman. They, they don't... They don't get into the details about like what steps that involves. I but feel he, like that he does do some smithing. A lot tr- of cold iron in uncomfortable places. That, like that, shoves her straight to the water after she's glowing hot. That treatment has kind of gone out of style. I think, like medical spas don't really offer that anymore, <laughs> and maybe they should. It seems to work. Yeah, we should, we should see if that's one of the things that don't screw around you. with like Botox and. At least she definitely was smoking hot. She was absolutely several levels. Yeah, there you go. Fill in Tyler's seat. There's there's that pun action. That's a long. Trying to hold back. Don't don't hold back. You're the misdemeanor weaver. Just just cause crimes everywhere you go. Um. So the Smith watches this happen. He says, "Yeah, you're not half bad." And, you know, you've earned a little bit of assistance from me. The sign <laughs> above my door says, here lives the master of all masters. How full of himself is this guy that he all watched? <laughs> like, he watched a woman be remade he's, into, like, a young a uh, young woman. He's all of it full. But like, if the devil ears. gave him these powers, then he probably has been throwing women in furnaces for years before this has happened. I would assume. 
Maybe successfully, maybe not. Uh, so he, he reads the sign above his door to the Lord and says, I will say that one learns as long as one lives. And then he goes off and eats dinner. So later on, I guess St. Peter and, and the Lord have wandered off by this point. Later on, someone comes by to get their horse shod. And the smith says, yeah, cool. I just learned a, a sweet new trick to do this. Oh, no. Smiths don't do it. So he hacks up the horse and he throws its legs in the furnace, but the legs just kind of burn up and he has to pay for the horse. Smith, don't do it. You don't know how. This is another level of confusing. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the the Lord just popped off the horse's limbs one at a time and plopped him into the fire. This guy decided to hack them all off and throw them in there. Well, maybe he like pulled at it and it didn't come off on the peg. He doesn't have the miracle touch. the, the question is not whether or not he did this, but so taking one leg off of a horse, it can stand on three legs. Hacking them all off, did he do it so fast that there was just a disembodied horse torso? Yeah, it was a torso Standing horse. in air and then it comedically falls to the ground. It, it was a did torso. Did he like cut two legs off on one side and then gently push it over and hack off the others without thinking there was anything wrong? I don't, I, I'm going with like, because the reason he did all four at once instead of the one at a time that he had watched was because he was, he was going for efficiency. Like he actually says something about, well, might as well do four at a time. Um, so I'm guessing if efficiency is the name of his game, he did he did the four-way hack. And that horse, Acme style, was hovering in the air, no legs for a bit before gravity intervened. I want to see the Lord come back and just like kind of lightly poke the horse and it turns into a hover horse and like putters off into the aether. I'd like that a hover be, horse. That would be an improvement because right now what we have is a very tragic horse murder that is shrugged off as, well, now I have to pay for this horse and no no thought given to the bleeding, delimbed creature sitting in this smithy. <laughs> I'm doing related stuff. I promise. <laughs> I'm still just picturing hover horse. No, hover, hover horse is... That's a, we're going to mark that as a fill in the plot hole what the folklore patented improvement sticker. Hover, hover horse? Yeah. Well, that is the one thing I can think of that would make me seriously believe that, you know, somehow some heavenly being was a better smith than, you know, hey, the devil granted me good powers. Where it's like, I don't think heaven has much need for smiths, but it's it could create a hover horse. I'd be down with that. Otherwise, I think Satan trumps all. What? Whoa. <laughs> okay. That came out. And... <laughs> Excuse well, me. You I know, that's a... <laughs> uh, I I was trying not to say, well, you know, that was another thought that's been running through my head this week. I just confused the words even further on that. Um, but yeah, I, I think Satan could make a sweeter horse. I mean, his horse would have like flame decals and like motors and it would shoot fire out of it like that. One yeah, motorcycle. break that horse with nitro. Yeah. That horse would play a double necked guitar that also shoots fire. Like it would be a pretty bitchin' horse. Um, I think you're underestimating how rad the Holy Spirit is. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Sunday school teacher, circa 1995. Um, Tyler says crime, and spoiler alert, I'm not on the show this week. I'm reading this from our uh, our new Discord server, which 
you can be a part of if you would like to support us on Patreon. Here's a quick plug. Those of you who are already on Patreon, join us there. Yeah, if you're already a sponsor, then we already have jump, to talk to each other. Jump in in person, so don't leave us alone with each other I'm, on Discord. I'm reading stuff on our <laughs> Discord server right now. All right. Um, Tyler says, "Just shout out from the Discord." So then a poor old woman walks past, and the Smith thinks, "Well, the horse trick didn't work." Oh no, Smith! No, <laughs> you can't do it. Yes, do it. <laughs> your devil powers aren't good enough. But let's see if we can make this happen. So he throws her in the furnace, and she dies weeping and begging. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Did he, like, close the door or something, or she just didn't want to get out because it was nice and warm and Norway's cold? Well, I mean, she's she's old and hobbling. Like, I don't think she had mobility at the best of times, and she's now thrown on, on hot coals, and he's presumably also doing whatever smithing work he had watched being done on the other woman. Like, that usually involves tongs and hammers and things. Um, like, there are tools going on. So she's, she's got a lot to deal with when all she was doing was going on her, her morning exercise, maybe asking for alms. Who knows? You just gave me the horrible image of the smith reaching in with tongs and trying to put this old woman's sagging breast back in place. No. I was thinking, like... Pull the face meat back like the the flesh ponytail that we've encountered in the Pentamarone. Yeah, this just it it had to go so many worse places where I'm just like, what what would this Smith be concerned about if he was smithing a lady? That doesn't go there. Gross. So the the Lord Gross. shows up and, and like looks at his handiwork and just says, "That was poorly done." Yeah, no kidding. You murdered somebody. Yeah, you killed you, a person. You, That's not good. I guess you get a C minus. Like he doesn't say you just murdered somebody. Yeah, like, he's just like hmm, hack job. <laughs> not not the not the best. I'm going to give you a very bad Yelp review. You're going to lose your Better Business Bureau score. Um, and and he doesn't do anything to like fix the problem. No miracles stated here. No hover horse. No resume womanhood of this burnt corpse here. Um, and the Smith's response was, well, there aren't too many who will ask after her, but it does kind of prove that the devil's a liar about the whole I'm the best Smith thing, because you definitely beat me. What now? I don't know. It also kind of proves the Lord's a dick. Uh, what? Yeah, in this story, not well, not the best yeah, presentation. Just like, hey, I'm going to go down and play this really cool prank that ends in a Smith murdering a horse and a woman is it a prank? I honestly can't think of any other motivation than heaven's boring. Let's go do something for shits and giggles. Smith hubris. This this seems a lot more like an Odin Loki team up adventure. Thing. Yeah, this is not okay. like St. Peter and the Lord are not drinking bros and out on a stag night from heaven just like, hey, look what I can make this guy do. It doesn't happen. Well, I don't know. I don't know what anybody's motivation is in this story. Uh, but yeah, the the Smith's only concern is like, well, no no big deal. No one gives a shit about this woman. And uh, I got shortchanged on my devil deal because I should be able to smith anything that anyone he, else can. He did get shortchanged. So doesn't that make the contract invalid? No, I think he just got shafted. Yeah. Also, technically, think, meat smithing is not. I think <laughs> okay, not like meat in the smithing is an actual thing. 
Did you I, never play Kingdom of Loathing? I did no. not. I think I think the devil is known for dicking people over on deals. That is kind of his whole Yeah, shtick. that's that is his that's his MO. <laughs> but so the Lord turns into a genie at this point. Like not not literally transforming, but he does offer three wishes to the Smith. So he hasn't oh. been Just, a genie for the past couple thousand years? I I guess not. Uh but just like out of nowhere, he's like, what would you do with three wishes? And the smith says, well, give them to me and you'll find out. And he's like, all right, you got three wishes. Stupid move. So the smith's first wish is that anyone he tells to climb into the pear tree over by his, his smithing wall has to stay in the pear tree until the smith tells him to come down again. Yeah, this is, you might recognize this trope if you've read some stories. This is a thing that has happened in a few stories. I don't know if we've read one. Have we? Where we have the specific three wish thing? Uh, not that comes to mind. Okay. Well, his second wish is that anyone he tells to sit in the armchair in his workshop has to stay in the armchair until he asks him to get up again. And his last wish is that anyone he asks to crawl into the steel wire pouch he happens to have in his pocket has to stay in the steel wire pouch until given permission to crawl out again. Okay. So, very specific three wishes. The smith is bad at deals. Yeah. He's, he just seems kind of gullible. I think the smith got hosed. The smith is hosing himself, though. The smith does not think about things too careful. I mean, that's that's smith. a pre-existing condition. <laughs> uh, so, St. Peter throws some shade and says, you wish like a bad man. Yeah. You're... Yeah, good. Yeah, because St. Peter can't Get cuss. Get him, St. Peter. So St. Peter really wants to let him have it. You're bad. You're a grosso bad man. Your first wish... More more power to you, St. Peter. You get him. <laughs> your, your, you let him have it. Your, your wishes are wish severely inadequate. Should have been for God's grace and favor. And the smith just shrugs and says, I didn't dare aim quite so high as that with my wishes. I don't know. I... I think the smith is still like, yeah, devil got me on that one, but rock and roll and booze versus, you know, marshmallow eternity. I can't think of anything else heaven would be besides marshmallow peeps. Marshmallows? Yeah, just soft and overly sweet and after a while kind of sticks and sucks. Also, there are puppies because all dogs go to heaven. All dogs go to heaven by Don Bluth. Yeah, but that and, means and all, all the sweet-ass kittens too. who listen to metal are in hell. We're rocking out 24-7. I mean, I'm, I know where I'm going. I'm going to kitten hell. <laughs> kitten hell. <laughs> it's got all the booze and rock bands. Uh, Lord and, and St. Peter shoot the finger guns and, and go away. And uh, eventually the Smith's contract with the devil is up, and the devil pokes his nose through the doorway and asks the Smith, Hey, you done? You ready to go go devil it up? <laughs> just his nose. Just, yeah. Just the tip of his nose. <laughs> and the smith says, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll be there in a bit. Let me strike a head on this nail first. Uh, but why don't you go climb into the pear tree and pick a pear to snack on? Because I bet the trip was something to make you hot and Because Satan loves snacks. Uh, who doesn't love snacks? Yeah, that is true. Snacks are the best. And also, gluttony is a sin, so... Yeah, but you think, like, Satan would be like, nah, bro, I got Cheetos? I mean, maybe he's, like, 
Like, Satan only eats junk food. Cheetos and pears. I don't think that would work. No, it wouldn't. But you gotta be truly gluttonous. You have to, like, eat without thinking. I don't even like pears, but sure, I'll go for that. That sort of thing. Yeah. Like, okay. Yeah, there's there's a thing I could be eating. I, I gotta go do it. Um, so the devil thanked him for his offer and climbed into the tree. And then the smith said, eh, Actually, I'm not going to be able to strike a head on this nail for about four years because the iron is just too damn hard. So just just hang hang tight up in that pear tree. Okay, why the four year stipulation? Oh, he's just grabbing taking what a, time he thinks he can get away with. Taking a guess, with. it's gonna take him four years. If the devil stuck up a tree, like, why why just leave him there? Yeah, you're just good. You're good. He can't come down. Your wish granted. My first thought is, why did you just like go be a smith for four years? You could have had so much fun with Satan stuck up a tree. Yeah, you can. You can start a whole sideshow circus thing around that. No. Give children sticks and tell them he's a pinata. I mean, there's a lot that you can do. You can make it a seasonal <laughs> affair. Like Cinco de Mayo, devil's a pinata. Come Halloween time, best Halloween decoration, you win the contest, you get to take home the golden pumpkin. Man. If you run out of ideas, just put a suggestion box at the bottom of the tree. What should we do with Satan next? Oh, yeah. May 1st, you're running ribbons around this guy. <laughs> Oh, Satan's a maypole. (laughs) All right, so uh, the devil begged and pleaded, but the smith said, the smith doesn't care about anything until he promises to not come back for four years if the smith lets him out of the tree. So the smith says, yeah, cool. Peace, bye. And so the devil leaves. The smith gets four years reprieve, comes back. The smith says, hey, you're a little bit early. I haven't sharpened the point of the nail yet. And this iron is the hardest iron I've ever smithed. So why don't you just like rest tight in that armchair for a little bit while I finish this up. So the devil thanks him for his kindness and sits down. But the smith says, yeah, actually sharpening this nail is also going to take four years. And so the devil starts making threats at him this time. But the smith says, hey, hey, not me. It's, it's this iron. It's just ridiculous iron. Nothing I can do. Gotta make this one nail. I, I get that. Satan kind of has a stupidity clause going where, like, he has to act dumb or is just stupid as shit, you know? Yeah, most of the devils we've met are, are pretty friggin' stupid. I, I get it. I I kind of just think it's Satan's a bro and going like, yeah, cool, you tricked me. Guess I'll come back and steal your soul or do something else. But the four-year stipulation is the sticking point for me. You, you can just... Leave him in the tree or in the chair. Build a box around him. Never go to hell. But you're like, nah, bro, I'm cool. Just four years. The but Smith is not a smart man. He had a seven-year he's, contract, and he's not even like, oh, I want another seven years. I'm not like... He's, yeah, he's not, not making a lot of winning moves in this story. Yeah, he's not even sticking completely to the rule of threes. Yeah. Uh, so four years pass after... Like that whole argument's had. The devil comes back and the smith says, Alright, I, I am actually finished this time. But I've also been thinking about something. Like, wondering, can the devil really make himself as small as he wants to be? And the devil's like, yeah, dude, of course. It's like the coolest party trick I know. Getting and really small. Yeah, that's some people's fetish. We're into that down there. This um, is medieval deviant art. Medieval art. Sorry, um, that was a stretch. I am not proud of that one. Uh, and the Smith says, "Hey, can you can you do me a good 
quick favor? Get real small, crawl into the steel wire pouch I've got in my pocket, and let me know if there's a hole in the bottom because I'm afraid I'll lose my traveling money. Money which is vitally important for me to have on my journey to hell because, you know, there might be a Cinnabon down there, so. I think Cinnabon belongs in hell, yes. <laughs> yeah, everything that tastes really good but is total shit. But, but will ruin you. Yeah, hell is mm. rock music, cats, liquor, and funnel cake. And Denny's. Oh, God, no. <laughs> and Denny's. No. Yeah, Den- uh, that's where Denny's, Denny's got <laughs> kicked out of hell. They disowned it, like, somewhere in the 12th century. They like, went, before it was even lower. invented, they're just like, no, we don't want any of this shit. It is strictly purgatory only, and we do not speak of purgatory. Nobody wants Denny's. Plot twist. The Smith is Denny's. <laughs> His he's, name he's is Denny. About, he's a, he's <laughs> Mr. Denny Smith, and he's about to found Denny's. No, like this the is the restaurant. This is a metaphor for the Denny's experience, which is also why the Smith makes no damn sense. Because you've read their Tumblr, you know. I have read their Tumblr. You know, this is the decision-making thing of someone who photoshops bread onto a dog. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, go go check out Denny's Tumblr or social media at large if you if you have the time. Okay. It is a surreal experience. I, I think the story makes a lot more sense that the Smith is the restaurant Denny's. I found out they were crazy in college when I went to a Denny's for the first and last time and found out the menu was emo themed and I decided to never go back there again. I would go back every day. They had taking back Sunday mozzarella sticks. I would go back every day. <laughs> I'm not I'm not really? like you want early 2000s emo yeah, I do. combined with food poisoning. I, d- yeah, I, do, I do. That is too bizarre of a combination to stay away from. And if you eat the pancakes, you're good. The, pan- the pancakes have the antidote for whatever. Whatever butt-destroying formulas in the rest of the Denny's food. Because Tyler and Gordy got the same meal, except Tyler's didn't have pancakes. Yeah, I was spared. Or do you just have some sort of superhuman antibody that not. makes you, you are Denny's resistant. No, it's a genetic I, no I, have, I have the weakest stomach that has ever been put into a human being. <laughs> it's true. Like of this apartment, Gordy's stomach is the frailest <laughs> it's, it's by so, far. It is so, so weak and vulnerable. I can't eat anything <laughs> except, except Denny's pancakes. It's a sad baby stomach, <laughs> and Denny's was fine on it. Tyler's is more resilient. Mine, through like years of trash panda training and uh, QT roller foods, can withstand just about anything. Um, but but no, Gordy's usually the first one down in a food situation. <laughs> yeah, I just don't eat stuff. I stick I stick to like the five restaurants that I know. And I get the same thing every time I go there because I've just identified a few foods that I can eat. You have. It's been a long time since I've seen you eat just a bowl of rice and pepper, though. So, yeah, sometimes that's really good, though. Like just like like just a bowl of rice in the Japanese style. Yeah, there was there was a long period in the last apartment where that was just dinner. Well, rice and pepper. that's that's kind of when like you don't have any food. Yeah. And you don't want to go out and get something and like, well, I have this bag of rice. I'll just make some rice and season it. <laughs> it's not bad. I've only done that when I've been like flat broke, pretty much living out of my car. Like this is what I scavenged, make ketchup sandwiches type. Rice and pepper. 
I mean, like salt, like rice, salt, and pepper. Give it a little bit. Okay, because like, I was just imagining rice, pepper, and nothing else. No, you put a little salt on there. You put a little butter in there if you want to. All right. So the devil says, "My pleasure." To this, uh, this offer of checking this tiny steel pouch for holes. Devil's about to get juked. <laughs> and uh, gets real small. Gets in the the pouch, and the smith snatched it closed. The yep. devil, not sensing any danger from this, just reports, yeah, you're good. It's all tight. No holes. Everything good. You should be able to put all the coins you want. Get all the Denny's and Cinnabon you desire. And the smith says, okay, cool, cool, cool. Uh, better to be safe than sorry, though. And he puts the pouch in the furnace. Uh, the devil's response to this, in spite of living in a place that is described frequently as being a furnace, says, oh, ow, are you insane? Do you know I'm in the pouch? Yeah, and one of the pouch eventually melt i mean probably wouldn't it make more sense to just you know go outside check it in a fjord or something they have fjords in norway right yeah and that's what they're for yeah that they're chucking fjords (laughs) okay go to your nearest chucking fjords and chuck satan in there uh smith says yeah yeah i know you're in the pouch but there's no helping that because i have to strike while the iron is hot so he takes his big sledgehammer and starts lays the pouch on the anvil and starts pounding it with all his might. The devil shrieks and offers never to return again if he can just be let out of this friggin' bag. Smith agrees to this, gives him permission to leave. The devil runs off, never looking back. So, after some time, it occurs to the smith that maybe making an enemy of the devil wasn't such a great idea, because if he can't get into the kingdom of God, he might have nowhere to go because the devil doesn't like him now. I don't know if that's something you should aspire to, though. I, 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 I don't know. Pissing off the devil would be pretty sweet. I mean, pissing off the devil seems fine, but like the logic of like, well, I can't get into heaven, so I might as well try to get into hell. Like, he did I don't know. murder a woman without any remorse yeah, or repentance. Yeah, that's not like great for you. Heaven tricked him into it. Heaven didn't trick him into. I don't think they her. tricked him. Oh I come think- on. Like, two heavenly hosts come down and chuck a woman into a furnace and it's cool and you don't think, oh, yeah, this is totally a thing you can do. I don't, nah, he, I don't think but that's they, trickery but they did so it much good. as appealing to hubris. They did it good and the smith was like, I could totally do that. He's supposed he, to be the best smith ever, so of course he thinks he well, can do well, that. Well, I think the yeah. sticking point here, and I, I believe, you know, not being raised particularly religious myself, but religious adjacent, um living in georgia you just don't don't escape that uh like one of the major things is repentance like you some some people believe you can do all the shit things in the world you want so long as you're truly sorry for them at the end and he doesn't have that like he he doesn't have a single moment of whoops a doodle did not mean to burn that woman (laughs) i think i might also just speak to like like the devil gave him a bad deal. So if you, as the devil is wont to do, like he he saw like an amazing thing was like, yeah, I can totally do that with my devil deal, and and that fell flat. Yeah. I'm literally playing devil's advocate here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We're like, okay, so if you are the best person in the world at your job, right. if that is literally what you have been told, there's a fucking plaque telling you that. Like, you've gotten all of these awards, and somebody comes in with the exact same tools you have and does something in a way you've never seen before, and it's like, yeah, I'm extremely skilled at this. 
they're using the exact same tools, I can do this as well. Like, that is a natural thought to was have. He, it's, it's, was he good okay, before so that, this, though? That initial thought is natural. I think a second thought would be, tools are the same. This is meat smithing, not trained in that. I work in metal, not flesh. Like maybe um, maybe I shouldn't try third to Third thought is, whoops-a-doodle, I burned a woman. I should feel bad about that. <laughs> and that's where he, the pit is. He doesn't feel bad about it. He's just like, no one's going to miss her. Should he have felt bad about it? Okay, so he's the best smith in the world. Right. What sort of fine print bullshit said that the best smith in the world didn't also apply to being a meat smith? His profession. He's, He's a, a blacksmith, not a meatsmith. If you were the best smith. smith in the world, it did not stipulate blacksmith. It said best smith in the world. I would have to see the fine print <laughs> yeah, on we, that we devil need, deal. We need a contract, but I, the sticking point is still like, whoops a doodle, I burned a woman. <laughs> I should feel <laughs> yeah, bad about there, that. Like, there, there, should, there should still be remorse. Like, there I done, should be basic I human empathy in the pretty mix. pretty big. And now I regret <laughs> that I, that like, this deal went south. I didn't have that thing, and and I see the human consequences. Currently, a shriveled, blackened corpse in my furnace. I should contact next of kin. Maybe start living cleaner. Maybe start stop a, chopping things off of things. Start a GoFundMe for a funeral. Are we done with this story? Are no, we not in the yet. discussion? We're not. Um, okay. This is a sidebar. Okay. We'll get we'll get back to yelling about the Smiths' lack of empathy. Uh, but anyway, uh, he's. He's a little bit worried about his like sole retirement plan at this point. Uh-huh. Does not have Yeah, usually if you burn somebody to death, like that's not a it's not a good thing. And Saint Peter has already like thrown shade at him, so you know you're not in the good books there. Um so yeah, he's worried he has talked himself into soul homelessness and decides to go see if either heaven or hell will let him in. Again, what is the alternative to those two? Is it limbo? I don't know. I mean, having the sweet alternative of living for fucking ever? No, I think I it's I don't ghosts. think it's immortality, but it's just like when you okay. die, if you don't get to don't go anywhere. If heaven don't want you, if hell don't want you, you're stuck on earth forever. Yeah, that's well, how you get ghosts. Yeah, but I think, I think, isn't that better? Like, isn't it in order, heaven, ghosts, hell? Theoretically, I don't know. There's you, no Cinnabon that you can go to as a ghost, though. There is fairy tale, fairy tale precedent for this. Is there? Yeah. I mean, that's how Jack-O-Lantern happened. Who? What? Like, the original Jack-O-Lantern was banished from heaven and hell, so he wanders around unable to find a home yeah. carrying a lantern yeah. into yeah. swamps. You you know there's more than one shitbird like this guy out there. Yeah. Probably. And most of them are just immortal wandering around like hey dude yeah so maybe yeah. this guy's just not chill with those ghosts like yeah, he doesn't want to be a ghost yeah like the other know. the other ghost bros he's heard about do not sound like his crowd every single one of these dudes is the count of saint germain the count of saint germain is not one of these dudes that is just the name that all of these fairy tale dudes use because they're stuck mm. fairy tale conspiracies but you didn't see that coming yeah uh, so <laughs> He's, I don't know if he's dead or if he's just, like, checking the real estate listings on heaven and hell. Uh, but he grabs his sledgehammer and he goes on his way. He comes to a crossroads where the road splits toward heaven and hell. Don't know where he yeah, got his what? map. He must be dead. <laughs> or 
I don't know. And he catches up with a tailor friend who is shuffling off with a pressing iron in his hand. Just in case you didn't know he was a tailor, he just brings his Monopoly piece token. Um, yeah, because that's what designates a tailor, you know, not a pair of scissors or a sewing needle. Nah, this guy was like the fastest ironer in the West. This is named a claim to fame. <laughs> like he could, he could flat your clothes so quick. Um, so they, he asked the tailor, hey, where are you going? And the tailor says, I'm going to, I'm heaven, hopefully, see if they let me in. And the smith says, oh, okay, well, we're Splitsville, because I'm going to try hell first on account of knowing the devil a little bit from before. Like, we're old, we're old acquaintances. <laughs> Let's see if he'll put me up. <laughs> yeah, okay, I feel like that's not a good plan. You, like, yeah. you did, but you also trapped him in a bag. And it's not like a great place to be anyway. Yeah, you should but be if anyone to would it. be chill about, hey, you're a devious son of a bitch, it would be Satan. I guess. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I, f- I feel like that is not a great goal, but I'm not in charge of this guy's life. To become BFFs with Satan through being an even bigger shithead than he is? Yeah. I think that is the perfect goal in life, yes. death and <laughs> otherwise. Um, so the smith has a faster walking pace than the tailor and makes it to the gate of hell pretty quickly. Uh, he asks the guard there to announce his presence to the devil. Why hell needs a guard is beyond me. Like, again, this is not my theological area of expertise. Stop people getting out. Is, okay, that makes sense. But, like, is he the guard or is he. there be like a turnstile thing where you Hell's can go bouncer, in? the way St. Peter is heaven's bouncer. I, th- I think the. the implication is that he's more like hell's bouncer i can understand guard for people getting out but i feel like there'd be like one-way gates where that's, if you just happen to wander into hell so isn't that's he all like, what i would assume it's kind of a one-way street i don't know it might be to like guard against people that are horrible optimists where it's like there are no optimists in hell you're too much of a ray of fucking sunshine you got to go to the other place Nah, they like breaking those people down yeah like that's their whole thing i thought the devil was collecting souls like scrooge mcduck <laughs> he's sure, got I'm a sure pool of souls that he just dives into and i'm sure he'll like, take what he can get like i thought that was his whole his whole thing um but yeah there's a guard on the gates of hell and uh the the guard goes and announces someone at the gates of the devil, and the devil's like, well, who? Which really should have been thought of beforehand, but these stories like to stretch it out. Uh, so the guard comes back, and the smith says, hey, tell him it's the guy with the pouch. He'll remember. And, uh, can I come in? <laughs> I need a home. Uh, when the devil found out who it was, he then commanded the guard to lock all nine locks on the gate to hell, and also take this extra padlock for good measure, because... This guy is going to cause way too much trouble in hell, and we just do not want that. I've got things at a nice, orderly pace. I am apparently lawful evil. This guy has <laughs> screwed up. He is he has made bad mistakes. I kind of just think there's like some horrible drunken bet going on between heaven and hell right now, and that's what this whole thing is, where they just like got shit-faced at the mixer and decided to mess with this guy's life. They met for their monthly game of Pinochle and Gin. And <laughs> <laughs> Have him play Pinochle. Is that not is that not fit? It's a sanctified game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Alright, so the smith decides, well, I better try heaven then. Need a, need a place to rest my soul. So he walks back to the crossroads and then up the heaven road. He is at this point angry because he's traveled so long for nothing. And he goes as fast as he can. Well, whose fault is that? <laughs> Again, Smith has not proven to be a very intelligent man. Yeah. Uh, he reaches the gate just as St. Peter is cracking it open so the tailor can just squeeze himself in. Because St. Peter does not make it easy to get in, apparently. Like, he measures your waist size and then he opens the gate according to that and good the, luck. The running theme of this to me is St. Peter's a dick. Because what? D- just the whole, like, I'm going to go around and fool around with mortals and, like... Dude, that was that was super funny. He is the bro that encourages everybody along, and now he's like, "Oh yeah, this is my job, letting people into heaven." But you gotta get in through this two-inch gap in the gate. But he was closing it. Uh, he's he has opened it for the tailor to just like squeeze his way in. He's not opening it very much. Oh, that seems weird. Yes. Yeah, same. Does Peter's he not have there. to go through like a vetting process? I mean, he probably did while this guy was shouting at devils to let him into hell. Mm. So he's done all the paperwork at the DMV. He's squeezing in through the hole. Um, the Smith is still six or seven paces away, and he thinks, "Well, better try my luck." And he throws his sledgehammer in the crack of the gate as the tailor squeezed through, preventing it from closing. But if he didn't get in through that crack, I don't know what became of him. The end of the story. Cool. Oh, I want this to have like a gritty Hollywood reboot so badly. Alright, so now it's time for the actual discussion. Yeah. I'm going to lead this off by like, let's just go ahead and separate this story from the the biblical <laughs> this this is a origins. fairy tale, a not fairy a tale. not a religious tale. This is not this is not Bible Lord. This is not Bible Saint Peter. These are fairy tale characters. So I, do, I think a lot of these also adapted like older traditions to the religious characters too. Yeah, because mm, this maybe. definitely sounds like the fairy lord, not the Lord it, Lord. It yeah yeah I, I'm with you. Uh, I was gonna ask something, but now I can't remember. So we're just gonna, we're gonna separate this from the Bible, so we can talk about the characters as presented in the story. Uh, we apologize in advance if this is offensive to anybody. You can go ahead and well, you probably already stopped listening. Blame but, me. Uh, but we gotta we gotta hash these characters as they are given to us in this text. We can rename them. The Lord is now Steve. I I don't know what like what is the blacksmith's I mean his goal was to be a good blacksmith yeah to be the best there ever was for like seven no one years was <laughs> but why like to get money uh the, the seven years stipulation probably comes from uh seven being a portentous number in Christian mythology. Right. I mean, like I mean, it's se- an important seven, number in a lot of yeah. Traditions. Like seven's a common number, but like maybe that was the best deal he could get. But like he, regardless of the the length of time, like he wanted to be a good blacksmith. Why? So he could make more money, just for the the prestige of being just, a good I, blacksmith. I, I think it's bragging rights. Like given yeah. the the rest of his character, he seems to just be full of arrogance and bluster. 
And so, like, this gives him a platform. Like, his whole big takeaway from that was not a huge amount of business or anything. It was he got to put this cool sign in front of on on top of his door and then look down on people who couldn't read it. Maybe he was trying to make a robot or something. <laughs> He's trying to make something very very complicated that he has a vision for, and he just needed that boost, and he thinks it's worth it. And this nail is the crux of the thing. But for whatever reason, the story doesn't deal with that at all. So that's probably unlikely. <laughs> I feel like if he was like, man, I could make like I could make this automaton. I just need I just need like supernatural powers to do it. The yeah. story would have probably mentioned that. Most most of this story's holes come from a motivation problem. Uh huh. The weirdest thing is, like, I understand his motivation better than a lot of the other stuff in there. Yeah, like Steve and Pete coming down from heaven to... Yeah, I don't get that. To just, like, I don't know, show off a bit? I I think they're trolling. Uh, Maybe just to check in, just kind of walk around and be like, hey, what's everybody doing? And then they... Because I thought Steve Steve was going to try and save Denny the blacksmith's soul. (laughs) No, I I think it's like, oh, you got to, what are we going to call Satan? Or do we still just call Satan, Satan? Is Denny's Or the devil. Denny's is the smith. Denny's is the smith. How about Taco Bell? Okay, so, all right, Taco Bell gave, (laughs) Taco Bell gave Denny's a really sweet deal, and Steve's like, Oh, you think that's a sweet deal? Let me show you how it's done, bro. I can make a hot woman out of a hag. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Beat that. (laughs) Beat that, Denny's. What are your pancakes now? (laughs) Everyone knows that Denny's can't make Maybe, Maybe it was an attempt to show him that, like, even with his, his devil powers... He's not gonna like, be cool as cool yeah, as like Steve. It's, yeah, like yeah. it's still it's still not that good and he and he got a bad deal. I'm not sure if Steve is jealous of Taco Bell <laughs> or just wants to show up Taco Bell. I think it's more the latter. I don't sense jealousy off of any of Steve's actions. Steve just I mean the the Smith backtalks Steve. Like, immediately. Yeah, but I still don't get why Steve's there in the first place unless Steve wants to start some shit. Well, this was back in the time when Steve and Pete just, like, went on cross-country joyrides in Norway. Like, (laughs) cool road trips to check in with the common folk. I'd do that. You you don't walk into Taco Bell turf wearing steak and shake colors. (laughs) (laughs) Is steak and shake heavenly or... I don't know. They take they do take like a St. Peter's amount of time to get you those friggin' milkshakes. So and it's probably really like bright and shiny in there. Yeah. No, that seems All like right. a, a heaven situation. Those milkshakes are damn good, but man, do you have to wait for them? I think that is the perfect, you know, the perfect metaphor for <laughs> for good. I'm not waiting for a milkshake. <laughs> you can keep it. Uh but yeah, I, I can really, I can get Denny's motivation more than anybody else because I just think of it in wrestling terms. You just want to be the best for no reason other than you're the best. You yeah. get to show it off. In my head, the Gritty Reboot, Triple H is Denny. Well, Smith also doesn't seem to think very far ahead. Not particularly. Like, like No he, one does when you're going for glory. He has like a, a four-year <laughs> plan. Like he, he doesn't even make it to a five-year plan. 
Okay. Like all of all of his interviews leading up to this was like, where do you see yourself in five years? And he just blinked. And then he sold his soul to the devil so he didn't have to worry about that. And even with his end game, that was only 15 years of not going to Taco Bell hell. Right. But like he doesn't seem to have an issue with going to hell. He like, just he, wanted 14 he years wants, of being a sweet ass Smith. He wants to go somewhere. Right. When he dies, he doesn't seem to care where that is, as long as he has a home, but that doesn't seem right. Like, when you get a Steve versus Taco Bell story, you kind of expect there to be a morality clause at the end. But there's not really. No, it's just like, he chucked a sledgehammer at the gates, and we don't know what happened. Yeah, yeah, there's, (laughs) I don't know what the moral of this story is, other than, like, maybe just... Maybe just don't like just don't get involved with don't if the devil offers you a deal to say no. I just don't. And then get you're not in a position to why perform. He has to go to Taco Bell or Steve's house. Well, maybe, maybe being a vagabond ghost just does not appeal to him. Like, I don't know if he is that prideful of his work that he would sell his goddamn soul for it. I think he would be perfectly happy even. If he wasn't immortal, if we leave immortality and wandering around without dying off the table and he's just a vagabond ghost, can't go anywhere, he would probably haunt different smithies and like go around and, hey, you're doing that wrong. And he would be the happiest ghost on the planet, just backseat smithing. I do think he's under, he's, he's selling short the ghost prospects. Right. Well, maybe the problem there is that, again, he cannot see past four... Like, he can't plan for anything past four years. And, like, if you Who does, though? If you're a ghost... Who plans more than four years ahead? If you're a ghost, you've got to deal with the changing landscape of the world. Whereas if you go to heaven or hell, like, that's just... That's it. Yeah. You know what that is. That hasn't changed in description too much for the past couple thousand years. If you are listening and you do plan more than four years ahead, please get in touch I have some questions for you. Also, we need help. Be our life I could coach. Use, I, could use, <laughs> I could use some advice. That's the moral of the story. You need a life coach. Plan ahead. Hire a financial planner. I still just want to stick Satan up the tree. Yeah, like, in, in general, this guy just does not have... Like, did he have that plan in mind when he made the three wishes? He the had to have that plan in mind. He's like... So instead of just wishing to be out of that contract, like, if I could wish anything in the world, I would wish that I hadn't sold my soul, that I could be a good smith without having sold my soul. Yeah. That seems like a solid first wish, and then you can use the second wish on gummy bears and the third wish on money. Yeah. But what if you still want to be a really good smith? Well, like, it's... You just double, just triple down. Like, I want to be a good smith times three. Those are my wishes. I want to be a meat smith. Give me, I, give me the ability to shape metal, meat, and wood, or, maybe. Or if you want to, like, fix the problems you've created and give this story a friggin' moral of some kind, I wish the horse was a hover horse. <laughs> I wish the old woman was alive. And I wish I could be a sweet smith without going to hell. The end. Three wishes. Granted. Done. All your problems solved. You're a smarter man for it. That woman gets to live. That horse gets to be a horse of the future. Horse of the future. Steve looks a little bit better because Steve didn't just let these terrible things happen on his watch and then walk away from it. Because this not this is not a good PR move for Steve. 
Steve. Sorry, that's just a thing. Like you, you can't go for too long talking about somebody named Steve without at least getting one Steve in there. It does kind like, of flow. <laughs> like Pete's just sort of there to throw shade. Pete's like Steve's backup singer or whatever. He's his drinking buddy. Yeah, he's just he's just back there. He's. He's the wingman. Whoa, bro, sick move. You totally burned him. Actually, you know, you burned that old lady by proxy. So, like, (laughs) like Steve has just watched this happen impassively. Does not question Denny's the smith. Like, doesn't make him look at what he's done at all. Doesn't rub his nose in the ashes of the old woman to, (laughs) to tell him he's done wrong. He's just like... Yeah, you didn't do very good smithing there. Ooh, sick burn. Steve just comes down from on high, picks up Denny's like a cat, rubs his nose in the ashes of the old one. Cat. Denny's, look at what you did. Um. So, I think Hover Horse is a good early patch for this story. Cover Horse? Hover Horse. Hover Horse. Yeah. Makes, like, solves some of Steve's PR problems. Steve comes in and fixes this this mess, and it's hover, all on the Smith. Hover like, horse is good. I'll take a hover horse, please. Give the old woman a second chance, or make her into a second hover horse. Can't Start make a wax. Hover horse heard. <laughs> no. Can't hover make wax out of a hover horse. No legs. <laughs> um, That's true. Does, okay, so hover old lady does not work quite as well as I want it to, like, verbally. Hover crone. <laughs> <laughs> okay, hover crone's good. Got there. But I raise you a hover hag. Hover hag is fine. <laughs> different models, different taste. Yeah, like <laughs> hover hag's the budget edition. Right. <clears throat> hover crone is like top notch. It's got it's got like a video stuff going on. It's it's the drone to the RC helicopter. Of, of old ladies. There you go. That makes sense to me. <laughs> Wait. Solid, good, 100% sense. I think the other way to patch up this story is that it is just a metaphor for Denny's journey. The, sure. The journey of Denny's the restaurant. Journey. That makes a lot of sense. That yeah. wraps it up for me. All right. So we'll shut up about this story. Uh, feel free to send us your own theories. Thank you again, Robert, for sponsoring this episode. Thank you, Robert. Um, send us your like brief bio, and we will... Shout that out later on another episode. Yeah, and quick quick plug for the Patreon. If you also want to be an episode sponsor and and get some other stuff, uh, like access to our new Discord server where you can chat with us and other other people also in the server, then check out Patreon. All right. Uh, so we will probably have another guest on next week because Tyler has abandoned us to the frozen north of New Hampshire for a couple weeks now. So we're sorry for like the high density of of weird episodes this yeah. December. It's it's been a ride with PodCon in the holidays, but thank you Tyler 2.0, codename Meg for escaping from the lab and <laughs> filling his seat with the puns we otherwise would have horribly missed. Thank you codename Meg. Thanks. It's been punderful. Stop. <laughs> Never. I can't. <laughs> Uh, thanks again to Robert. Thank you to all of our Patreons, patrons and to all of our listeners. Thank you. Thanks always, Doug. Thank you, Doug. Tyler says, please thank the alien alloys for me. 
What about John Waterbottle? Where thank is... you, thank you, John Water. We're getting there. Thank you, John Waterbottle. Of <laughs> course, thank you, John Waterbottle. Where is Tyler even posting? In our Discord. <laughs> I don't see it. What? If you if you want to see fun stuff like, please thank the Alien Alloys for me. Join the Discord. Aha. Uh-huh. We're in welcome and introductions. Tyler yeah. should be in general chat. He's in the wrong thing. Yeah. <laughs> I yell at him. Um, <laughs> Uh, thank you, John Waterbottle. Thank you, John Waterbottle. Thank you, the Neon. Thank you, the Neon. Thank you, Roll Doll. Tyler usually does this. I know. Who, who, who do we pressure. do? Thank you, Knives. Do you wanna? Do you wanna like add a thank you? What do you wanna you? thank? I don't. I don't know who to thank. Thanks, Denny's. It's wide open. Thanks, thank, Denny's. Thanks, Denny's. Thanks, Alanis Morissette. Yeah, why not? <laughs> All right, we're what the folklore. That ha- that's how it works. This has been What the Folklore. Thanks for listening to our show. If you have any feedback for us, you can leave it either by Gmail or Facebook. Our Gmail account is wtfolklore at gmail.com, and our Facebook page can be found at facebook.com slash wtfolklore. Feel free to send in stories if you have any particularly odd pieces of folklore mythology that you would like to hear us talk about. Special thanks to the Brobdingnagian Bards for the use of their song Happily Ever After from their album Brobdingnagian Fairy Tales.